people are way more likely to open up and to trust because you're showing that you care because you do when you're asking those questions versus just looking at people as a black and white dollar sign. Welcome to the High Impact Sales Podcast. I'm Natalie Jill. And I'm Sinclair Keneally, and we cannot wait to help you make a huge, unforgettable impact in the world. This podcast is for you if you are a growth mindset-oriented founder or business owner. Who has a strong message that the world needs to know. Each week, we answer your top questions as visionary business owners and entrepreneurs. How to actually sell what you have to offer with high integrity, high authenticity, and lots of love. Let's dive right in. my friend Robin Crane. Now she is not only a best-selling author, speaker, business owner. In fact, she, her newest book is called Make More Money, Help More People. Um, she really has stepped into the female way of selling and building a business and a brand. But many of you have a business, have a brand, have something you need to sell. And you're feeling a little stuck on like, how do I do that? How do I get my message out to the world? How do I make this happen in this in a very male-dominated selling way of, of doing things? Um, and Robin has a lot of insight on that. So thanks for being here, Robin. Thanks for, for jumping on with us today. Yeah, thank you. It's awesome. So Robin, take us back a little bit, because I want them to understand sort of your background and, and how you even got into this and why this is important. Now, Robin, by nature, was a singer and songwriter who got into financial planning. And she told me when we before we started recording that one of the things she hated about financial planning when she started was that your whole the whole thing was you had to sell to friends and family. And she thought, one, I don't have a lot of friends and family that know me for that. They know me as the broke singer songwriter initially. And two, I don't feel comfortable. So not only do they not know me for making money, um, they, they don't feel comfortable trusting me. So, so tell us what happened from there, because you had a, you had a whole pivot and a whole bunch of things you learned. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I ended up becoming a financial advisor accidentally. Like I got a call that was like, Hey, we have, you know, I was looking for a new job because I didn't know what I was going to do. And one option was a nonprofit, which I didn't even think I would be able to pay my rent living in the Bay area near San Francisco. And then the other option was to become a financial advisor. And here I am this broke musician, you know, I've been trying to make it as a singer songwriter. And then I have this offer to go be a financial advisor. So already I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do the interview for like interview practice, but obviously I'm not going to be a financial advisor. There's no way. Um, but when I went into that interview, I actually got excited because what they told me was that really what you're doing is you're helping people, you're helping them retire, buy a house, send their kids to college. And I was like, wow, there's actually something noble about this. Cause my whole thing was like, what I was missing as a singer songwriter was feeling like I was actually making a difference and changing lives. Like I was a very cynical singer, singer songwriter. So I wrote a lot of songs about like, not liking dudes or, or like funny things about that. So it was, it was silly and it was, it didn't really feel transformational. So I became a financial advisor because I wanted to make a difference, but I completely felt incongruent. I mean, here I am, like I didn't have money. Um, I was living off of people's couches while I was being a singer songwriter. So I got into it because I wanted to make a difference. And then I'm in this male dominated industry where they're like, okay, make your list of 100 and talk to all your friends and family. And like even my wealthy family and many of them did have money. Like they're going to trust me as a singer songwriter. Like I was a singer songwriter yesterday. Now all of a sudden, no, Hey, let me manage your millions. Trust me. It's going to be awesome. So 
it was a lot of struggle with like feeling like a fraud, imposter syndrome, like feeling like I wasn't good enough. Um, and, and I struggled for many, many years trying to figure it out. But, um, the biggest thing was like, it was mindset, you know, first of all, that was the hardest thing. And then the, the strategies they gave me, I didn't feel aligned with. So there was this incongruence there as well. So what happened? How did you, how did you shift? Because obviously now you've said yes to this thing, you're having this whole conversation. What did you figure out? So I figured out I couldn't do it with what they like this, the strategies they were giving me and I wasn't going to do it alone. And so I started getting into personal growth. Like I went to, I, I was like one of those seminar junkies, you know, and I didn't have the money. So I was going further and further into debt. I'd go to Tony Robbins events. I got super excited. Like, oh my gosh, okay, now I can change my state in a heartbeat, you know, and I would, I would get all excited about it. And then like Monday morning came along and I'd be like, wait a second. Like, I, I don't necessarily feel that anymore. Where, where the There's non-drug many drugs? listeners right now that are navigating that right now in their lives. So that's, that's great. Right? And it's like, yeah. it's so common. It's like, I loved it. I got fired up, but then I'm like, I'm supposed to be able to change my beliefs and I couldn't. And then I'd start beating myself up because now I'm like, I have the tools and I'm not using it. And then it was this downward, downward spiral. So really I just went through coach after coach and try to find the right one. And then like, I finally found a, a great coach who I you know went further into debt and it was so counterintuitive to like take more risk, go further into debt to try to finally pay off my debt. Cause I'm like, this makes no sense but it was taking risks as a business owner, putting myself out there in a way that I was really scared to, but at least aligned with. Um, and he taught me things that were outside the, the financial industry that really helped me. And one of the, and I'll tell you one of those things, but um, that really helped me kind of show up in a way to get the result, even when even my, when my mindset wasn't there, I didn't feel like I knew how to do it. So I'll give you a quick example of that. So um, in Tony Robbins world, if those of you who, who've been the Tony Robbins world, it's all about shifting your beliefs. And he says like, with a snap of his finger, like you can change it in a heartbeat. And literally like we had this exercise. I don't know if you've been, have you been Natalie? I've been to some of his stuff. Yeah. Not all of them. Okay, so I don't know if you know this one, but like the first event is called UPW Unleash the Power Within. He's like, you take this limiting belief and you're like, what's the limiting belief? And my limiting belief that I was like very, very, it was easy for me to find was I'm stupid because I had this reference back when I did this, like I tried out for, to be in the gifted program and they asked me what a tripod was and I didn't know. And I was like, oh my God, I'm 10 years old. Like I should know what a tripod was. And then I went back to my mom and she's like, how'd it go? And I'm like, uh, I didn't know what a tripod was. And she's like, you don't know what a tripod is. Come on, Robin tripod three, you know, holding her fingers <laughs> on her hand, like, duh, you're so stupid. So I made this um, decision. Like I must be stupid. And so at this event, like, he's like, think of a limiting belief. I'm like, got it. I'm so smart. I can think of my limiting belief. I'm so stupid. And he's like, now take your finger and I want you to stick it up. You know, some of you might not be able to see this, but you'll hear it. He's like, on the count of three, you're going to stick it up your nose and you're going to say in the Mickey Mouse voice, this limiting belief. And I'm like, one, two, three, I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. And then I go around in a circle and all of a sudden, boom, now you get the new belief and you're like, I'm smart and amazing. And now so great. You know, you stand up and you rise, like you do all these things. And all of a sudden, like you got this, you've annihilated your limiting belief. And then kind of like I alluded to on Monday morning, I'm like, shit, I still got to make those calls to my friends and family. Like I still yeah. got to do all the work that like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say it. I'm still was a singer songwriter six weeks ago or two months ago, or whatever it is. And I felt stupid, like immediately gone. So that didn't work. So then I realized like with my coach, when I finally, maybe a year or so later, decided to invest again, when I already felt like a seminar junkie, when I already felt like this is exactly what I shouldn't be doing, but I'm like, there's no other way I can do this. Like I cannot do this on my own. And so I invested money. I didn't have put money on my credit card. And then he said, I remember a specific conversation when I'm like, I'm stuck. I'm like bitching and complaining. It was really something you shouldn't do that I did, but bitching and complaining about why I'm not where I want to be or I feel stuck. And he said, Robin feel stuck, but do it anyway. 
And so he didn't make me wrong and he didn't tell me to change my belief and shift it, even though I love Tony Robbins, it's changed my life. But that was something I really had a challenge with. Like I, I didn't feel like yeah. I needed to change the belief, but what I could do is borrow Jeff, who was my coach, Jeff's belief and his belief in me and know he's helped other people. And now I, I call it the belief loan phenomenon. Like I borrow the belief from someone else take the action, get the result, yeah. and the belief eventually comes. I love that. And I, because I think it is hard for somebody to say, just change it, just change your belief. Um, what I love, and I, even with affirmations, like I, I love affirmations, but I, I tweak them with clients and myself with rather than saying I am, because sometimes your, your body's like arguing with the I am like, no, but I'm not, <laughs> you know, you're saying, but I'm not. It's, it's instead I'll say like, I'm becoming the type of person who, so it's mm -hmm. focusing on, I'm becoming the type of person who X, Y, Z, or I'm, so in, for for me, that feels more believable than I am sometimes. And then I love what you said about just do it anyway. Like, even if you don't believe it yet, or you, you know, you should like just jumping in and doing it anyway. So that, that's such a powerful, powerful uh, thing that you learned and you shared. So you decided you're going to do it anyway because of the coaching and because of what you learned. So what did you do? Like, what were the things that you right. did? So it was like, first of all, money-making activities, like what can I do to get the result? You know? So um, one of the things that I was really bad at and very incongruent with was selling. And in the financial industry, you know, as a financial advisor, like I said, they teach you to go to friends and family, but it's not just going to friends and family. The strategy that they teach you to use is, is what they call a fact finder. And so it's like if, you know, here we are friends and let's just say I was still a financial advisor and we have a little, you know, initial conversation and build rapport and all that. And then I start asking you things like, well, how much money do you have in your 401k and how much insurance do you have and how much do you have in this account, and that account? It's like, it's a little bit like, dude, like, yeah, it sounds super off-putting. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're trying to go to like, get home when we haven't even gone to first base, like, <laughs> Hey, like I'm not quite there yet. And so I felt really incongruent with that strategy. And I remember I went to a seminar that Jeff did. It was on sales mastery and funny. Cause now I teach something called advanced sales mastery. Cause it affected me so much. And I saw him in front of the room doing a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone like just a role play asking questions that was nothing like fact finding, but just understanding what they really like were struggling with, mm -hmm. what their real challenges were, what they really were concerned about fears, frustrations, um, all those things. And then what they really wanted. And I was like, I need to, we talked about this on my wow, podcast. Yeah. I need to learn how to do that because if I can sell like that, I can make as much money as I want. And so I got obsessed with yeah. that. So I love that. And I'll, I almost call it, um, I call it high impacts or intuitive sales because it's, it's really, um, the idea, and I think it is a very feminine way. Uh, and just because we say feminine doesn't mean you can't be a, ma a man and doing it this way. There's you know, feminine and masculine ways of doing things. And I do think I categorize masculine as to like that fact finding, you know, black and white, where feminine is going to be a little bit more intuitive and more in about feeling. So, which makes sense what you're saying, because if someone were to approach me, like, what are your, your goals? Like, why do you want to have a savings or a retirement? Like, what's that for? And we're talking about security and, you know, maybe it's college or whatever it is. Like, you're, you're really getting into the feeling of the why people are way more likely to open up and to trust because you're showing that you care because you do when you're asking those questions versus just looking at people as a black and white dollar sign. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And just like having a system that I was aligned with where I'm like, yeah, I feel fine asking what their challenges are and what they really want. And I feel, I feel good about that. And then of course the money stuff is now feathered in because I can't possibly say, well, I can help you get there if I don't know the money, but it's, this is what I teach my clients. It's like, it has to be relevant for you to ask. If you were to ask 
Natalie, let's say, ask you how much is in your 401k without knowing your concern that you're going to run out of money. Yes. It feels like you're just trying to sell, sell something, right? Yeah. Also, you don't know someone's background on their 401k. Maybe they had millions of dollars and they took more risky investments with it and it just flopped all of a sudden. And, or maybe they uh, it just skyrocket. Like there's, it, it, that's not right. the whole answer, just the, the dollar sign. Okay. Oh. So I want to apply this to, because there's a lot of people listening that maybe they're not in financial world or it's not it, and nothing to do with money, but they do have a brand or a business or something. And to them, sales feels sleazy. Like they're like, I, they know they need more sales. They need more of this, but it feels sleazy to them. What do they do? Because give us some, like, I'd love to have, like, these are your three, like you must do these things or you must stop doing these help us with that. Okay. So the first thing I would say is the number one reason you feel like it's sleazy is because you're worried about what everybody else is going to think of you. So you're, if you're a woman, especially you're probably your biggest fear is a fear of judgment. And so you're thinking like, they're going to think I'm sleazy. They're going to think I'm manipulating them. They're going to think I'm just trying to sell them shit. Right. And I don't care. So if we make the number one thing to just focus on them, not on how they feel about you, but actually focus on the transformation. So if I'm working with you, I'm like, okay, I'm actually thinking about your life. If I was to work with you, I know I'm congruent with the fact that I care. And even as a, mm. when I was first a financial advisor, like I wasn't congruent that I was the best financial advisor, but what I could get congruent with is like, you know, I'm becoming the best financial advisor, like you said, but right now, what I know is that I care and I care a lot more than most people. And I am very, very much an integrity. And like, I want you to have the success that you want. And so if I was sitting across the room, like I know that. And so I can put like, before I even get in the conversation with you and I say, okay, like, I just want Natalie to get the most value out of this conversation. And no matter what, whether she works with me or not, I want her to feel like she has some direction, some clarity. She has one thing at a minimum where she feels like it's going to enhance her life in some way. And like, I'm just going to ask questions and figure that out. Right. So number one, I'm focused on you, not what you think of me or not me. I love that. And I just want to apply it to another field real quick, just because I want yeah. people to, if they're not in your financial world or something else. So I would say that that's exactly what I did with my fat loss, nutrition and fitness business for years. So I would say very disruptive things. And if I was worried about what someone would think of me, I would have gotten nowhere because not everyone was going to agree with me, but I would focus on, I'm not trying to people, please. Like you said, I am trying to help somebody with the knowledge that I have. So by switching that belief in my head, like someone's not going to like what I'm saying to does this knowledge help somebody? That's that was my detector on. Do I share it? Do I say it? Do I do I put that out there? So I think that speaks into exactly what you're saying right there about forgetting that people pleasing, which is hard. We're wired for that, and to and to do it anyway. Okay. Well, so and I think just to, uh-huh. yeah, just to comment on that, like I think the the thing is, and that's why I love this idea of the judgment. It's like people pleasing actually is not for them; it's for you. It's how it makes me feel to please you. I feel good when you think I'm doing what you want. The the risk is that if I say something where it actually makes you cry because you're so scared that you're going to run out of money or you're not going to hit your financial goals, that's more transformational. But initially that fear might get you to think less of me or think that I'm trying to, I don't know, because it's so scary, right? That you might, this is transformational work. It's like, you might not be pleased. I'm not people pleasing, but it's actually not helping them. Right. So I just think that's like, it all goes back to the judgment. Like we're just so afraid of that fear of judgment. So good. So good. Okay. What's number two. Okay. Two, I would say use a system that you're aligned with. It doesn't mean that it doesn't scare you, but it means that you're aligned with like the fact finding system of me just asking you, and it's not like there was no other part of it, but it was like the, the, the system that I learned in the financial world was let me tell you about my company. Let me tell you about me. Then let me educate you on some shit about the financial world and whatever and markets and stuff that bores most people. And it doesn't relevant. 
Then let me fact find. This is before goal setting, right? Then I'm going to fact find and find out all your money and all that situation. Then number five is going to be, now I'm going to actually ask your goals. Nothing about the challenges. It was not in there. Just about your goals. And it was like one year, three year, five year, 10 plus, like just complete bullshit. And then number six is like, call to action, which we all know in the digital marketing world and pretty much any sales is like, then take the next step. And it'd be like, we're going to take $300 and get into this one account. Like it was any minimal next step, foot in the door approach. It didn't matter what it really was because the idea was if I can get them to give me money right now or something right now, the likelihood is they're going to work with me. Like just get them as a client, you know, and it might not be the best thing for them or anything. So use a system that you're aligned with. I was not aligned with that. And that kept sabotaging my success. You know, a simple way that I teach the system is what I call FCC. And we're both in sales. So we probably have very similar, but different names, but I call it the FCC sales system. And there's four steps. FCC is to remind you frustrations, concerns, and challenges. Main thing is after you build rapport is like, you need to get to FCC. Like what are their either one of the, one of the three or all of them, their frustrations, their concerns and challenges. Some people say that's the pain, right? But for women, we don't want to go dig into the pain and make someone feel bad because that doesn't feel good. But transformation only occurs if we know what the problem is so we can solve it, right? So FCC. MW is magic wand, which I'm sure you probably use. We all use magic wand, right? But yep, you can wave a magic wand yeah. in the future. Yep. So that's <laughs> so if you say, if you can wave a magic wand, what would you like? It takes the fear out of what they think is actually possible and they get to dream. And so now there's going to be a bigger gap because they're thinking about not just what they think is going to happen or what they're prepared for or their expectations. They're thinking about what could be. And no matter what, that's going to be a bigger gap because we have FCC, the, the challenges. We have the magic wand that there's a gap. And that's the only reason they're going to go forward is if there's a gap. And then the third thing is um, what I call yes ladder, which again, you probably know all these same type of things. Um, yes ladder is, is just to get them in a pattern of like being aligned with you um, and aligned with what's next for them. Because our brain is designed to sabotage us. It's designed to be safe, right? It's just this part of our brain, amygdala, the critter brain, lizard brain, whatever you guys call it, if you haven't heard of it, there's a part that's just fight or flight. And so if they're in fear, which we always are in fear, almost, almost always, they're not moving forward. So like, Hey, does this make sense? Do you see how this can help you? If we were to do this, um, do you feel like you'd be more confident? You'd hit your goals, right? So that I like to get three yeses. And then the last one is your offer and you want it to be compelling. And we like to say, you know, clear, concise, and compelling, And that could just be the next step. It could be free, but knowing what you're driving them to, the call to action, knowing what the next step is so that it's a logical step for them and it's clear and then it makes sense for them to go forward. So good. Okay. So what I'm hearing um, is, is, it's so many, it's so funny because I, I know so many different sales methods and I have my own and I teach sales and I even have a sales podcast um, now. And I love, I love all things sales, but I love hearing someone that's kind of aligned with my way of selling, but explaining it different, which is cool yeah. because I think people need to hear things a lot of different ways in order to resonate and for them to take what's wor- what works for them. But what I'm hearing and kind of a summary overall from this conversation is when you started, um, you were trying to follow a very black and white method that was not working. It was not registering for you. And you had this whole limiting belief then that like, this isn't for you. You can't sell, you can't build a brand. You can't do, you can't build a business. When you learned and shifted into this, I'm going to really focus on like this intuitive selling way, this, this way of this more feminine approach, this more really getting inquisitive in these three steps that you talked about, 
your business skyrocketed. Like it, it really set you up and you're now able to help so many other people build their business and brand, especially in the financial world. So, I mean, that's what I'm hearing. Um, what I also want to point out about Robin when she's sharing this is because a lot of you are hearing this and you're going, okay, I, I hear some of these things. I'm going to try them, but, 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 you know, but I have, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm busy with other things. Any final things you want people to know, Robin, because there's a lot of people listening. They're like, okay, I, I get it. I, I'm going to start stepping up my game. I want to start like reaching more people. What do they need to know from you? I feel like I have to close that loop on the third thing real quick okay, and then I'll okay. answer that because yep, you said yep. three and I feel like now my brain's like they're going to okay. die without the third. So yep, okay. third thing I would say is really simple, but just be honest. That's my fault. I took the second probably as two categories. No, that's <laughs> so, all good. Because I, I was, it's, it's all good. So, so I was just thinking like the last thing, if you have that system and if that system works, Natalie's system works, there's a ton of systems that work. But first we're talking about, okay, it's about them, not you. Let's let, let go of the fear of judgment. Number two, have a system that works that you're aligned with. And number three, just be unattached to the result. Because when Ooh, we're so attached, okay. oh my God, I have to get this yes. client. Like then it, they feel that energy and you're more actually, even though you don't want the agenda to be about you, you're more concerned about you getting the client than you are about helping them. And if we so just let go of that. Unattached to the result though. But what, what I want to say there, I'm going to, I think you're, yeah. you say that, but you're actually, you're, you're just attached to the result of, of serving the person. So you're still attached to a result, but it's of being of service, not the, the way that they're going to have a result. Well, that even that, it's like, I can't control how people think and see me. And there's a possibility that I can give everything in the way that I really think I'm congruent with. And I feel good about, and they can say F you, you know, I don't know if I can swear on this mm. one, but like they can, they can still not like it. Most likely it's driven by their fear or they just don't like my personality or whatever. And like, I can then beat my, my, my go-to would be to think I did something wrong or, you know, again, goes back to this judgment. They don't like me and stuff. And it's like, I just, I'm going to attach the result. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to be in service. But like, if they don't become a client or they don't like me, or they're not even liking my process. And it doesn't mean it's, I'm always great at it because I still get bummed out when someone doesn't like me. Like I'm still like totally human. Um, but I want to try to remain unattached because I can be in a conversation, sales conversation with someone and know that they need to work with me. And then they don't, or even they come back later asking for a refund, which I'm like stabbed to the heart, right? Mm. If it wasn't financial services, but something like stabbed to the heart, like if they asked for a refund, if it was on my time and I'm like, Oh my God, like I would like I was not trying to sell them. I was not trying to didn't try to make all these excuses, but I'm like, okay, if I can just be unattached to that. It's obviously their, their shit, not mine. And like, let go of that so I can move on. You know, otherwise I take it on and like, it kills me. While you just brought that up, I'm curious how you do handle somebody asking for a refund after you've done all the oh service God. and you've helped them. It. I'm not good at it, honestly. Like I so still got to What do you huh. do? Well, like we had a situation even, you know, this year with someone who was in my program and then she um, decided to go on for another year and mm -hmm. we like made an exception and let her do like monthly payments because typically we don't do that in a year program because people change their mm -hmm. mind. They kind of end up, you know, screwing you. And um, and and then she wanted like to just get out of the contract, not even asking for a refund, but to get out of the contract. So they signed like, a contract and they're still signed a contract, 12 months, but we gave a monthly pay. And then she was saying, like, I just want to get out of the contract. And I'm like, I am not congruent with that because yeah. if someone pays in full, I don't give them a refund. So if someone is doing a contract, like it's the same thing. Like, I feel like really incongruent out of integrity, but I had to like 
what did I do? Like I had to talk with my COO who I talked to every single day and like deal with like not being liked. And like, even though I knew she got a great result and she's not even saying she doesn't like me, but it's hard for me. I'm still not good at it. Actually, we both have a a mutual friend, Lisa Sasevich. And I remember being at her house when I got a message from this woman again, like complaining about something. And I was like, oh, it's really hard for me to handle. So I can't say I'm best at it. What I can say is that what I will always do, and this is like, this is a really good last lesson since we're getting to the end here, is that I will always, 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 always be willing to do what's right for the sake of transformation and and do like, like be an integrity and to be focused on transformation versus doing what feels good to me. So I will feel crappy keeping the money. Like, but I yeah, feel yeah. more in integrity and I still think their lesson is for her. And there's a lesson there for her to learn because I'm like, I didn't make that decision for her. She signed the contract. She made it. So I have to let go of it, but I, but I will do anything. Like I will be uncomfortable for the sake of transformation. Sure, I will put myself sure. at risk for the sake of transformation. Like everything for me is like serving, 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 or like it's death to me. Uh, so good, Robin. Well, thank you for being here. Um, so where can people find you, Robin, if they want to learn more, see more about what you do? Go to robincrane.com, Robin with a Y, R-O-B-Y-N-C-R-A-N-E.com. And just like, I didn't talk about with all the kids and everything. What I would just say is this, like, it's freaking hard. Give yourself permission to love yourself. And I'm working on it every single day, loving myself more and, and like love first, love first, love first, instead of fear, because I've lived my whole life in fear. And now I'm just like all about love. And it's really cheesy and all that to say, but like we women, especially put ourselves like, we try to put everyone else first, do everything for everyone else. And in order for you to really serve at the highest level, like you got to put yourself first, but it starts with love and then allows you to love everybody else. <laughs> Sounds so cheesy, but it's so true. And that will allow you to step up and then, and then help more people because of it. So good. I love that. 